Welcome into CHGO White Sox Podcast. This is presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to live your bet life. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me, over there, we're going to go to Vinny first, Ooh. the man with the mustache. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. He wrote an article today, and that's going to be our main topic. Lucas Giolito and the White Sox, can an extension be made, and how is the lockout going to affect that? And the man in the middle, our guy Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Hello. Twitter at EchnerWall23. That's Lawrence backwards. And, guys, today we have a little bit of an icebreaker to get it off and going. Herb, I'm going to go to you first because, okay. you know, last, last time we talked about our weekend. Uh, but we got a, a Twitter message here and it's a question asking for a first-time fan first-time White Sox fan this is their American League team what jersey should they pick past or present so I want you guys and this is the the icebreaker we're doing today here first you get to pick one current player and one past player to have a fan select for their jersey who are you going to go with Herb give me a current player give me a past player for Sox jerseys well I don't like to put other people's names on my back so I always put Lawrence because I'm a narcissist but <laughs> going in this you know, spirit of the rule I'll go with uh, Anderson Severino he's on the 40 man right now you've never heard of him because I don't think he's played a major league game so it's very very like contrarian that's how I like to roll <laughs> with it and imagine if Anderson Severino makes it you are his hipster fan like Hey, man, I believed in this man before he believed in himself. Right, so. or, or you get the Tim Anderson 12 jersey because Jimmy Rollins had seven. <laughs> oh, yeah, and so, yeah. Buy in early. You get, a, you get a jersey like that, you're going to be the only person at that stadium <laughs> with the Severino jersey. What about Luis Severino? Yankees don't have names in the jerseys. Shut up. <laughs> and outside of the Severino family, who will be, you know, everyone will have a Severino jersey for the White Sox. What about you, Vinny, for current players? I cannot get over the fact <laughs> you can't beat that Anderson Herb Severino. just recommended someone who's a brand new White Sox fan yes. that they start their fandom by getting an Anderson Severino jersey. <laughs> that would ingratiate yourselves to every White Sox fan. Like, man, this guy knows a little bit more about this team than I do. I'm glad Is he this a future Sox guy? Mercy. Oh my Shout goodness. out to James Fox and uh, I Mike think Rankin. I, I totally get going a little off off the board. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It'd be too easy to recommend Luis Roberts or even, you know, Aloy or, or T.A. As, as fun as a jersey that would have be to have for a fan. Uh, I'm going to go with Liam Hendricks, mm. and I'm going to specify, too, I'm going to I'm gonna break a rule here no, in a, in no, a way. Fine. I'm going to bend a rule is what I'm going to do. If you're being more specific, it's not a rule. Liam Hendricks, what you get? You got to go 83 throwbacks. 83. Those are, those, are, those are my favorite jersey that they current wear, currently wear, and then I will answer my favorite old-time jersey when we move on to uh, pass player. I, I think that my favorite current jersey they wear is the blacks. I just I, I love the good guys in blacks. I, I'm, I'm a sucker for that. All my uh, jerseys outside of my Mark Burley camo jersey uh, mm. is, a, is mm. a black one. My Gordon Beckham. And That's my very Jake Mark Peavy Burley, one. though. The yes. camo jersey is very <laughs> Mark Burley. You could go hunting with him down in Missouri. And it, it, it's very much my dad to pick out a camo Mark Burley jersey <laughs> to give me. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I, would say, I would say Tim Anderson. Obviously, my last name is Anderson. Uh, I know that is a big rule of faux pas to put your last name uh, or, or anyone's uh, not in Herb's house jersey. yeah not in Herb's uh, <laughs> no. Herb's house uh, you put on a different a, a, di- a man's number though because you have Lawrence 23 so you're putting Robin Ventura's number on your back because he's awesome he was an <laughs> awesome White Sox I I will never get traded from the White Sox even though they try you know some people do want me traded from the White Sox fan base I will stay a White Sox guess what Albert Bell was here for two years gone if I would have got that jersey that right. jersey's Done now. I can't even wear it anymore. I can wear my Lawrence jersey I got in 1996 forever. Sean, and you should go with Sean Anderson Severino on the back of yours. <laughs> and, and have Compromise. Tr- have seven be the number. Yeah. Uh, we'll go real custom. Um, I, I'm going to go with Kirk, ho- uh, Kirk here, though. Uh, Kirk M saying, just joining a little late, uh, but someone have better said a Garcia jersey. I'm going to go with the longest 10-year White Sox. Why not? Whoa, whoa. But they which just Garcia? signed it to an extension. Which Garcia? Are you going Laori? Are well, you going Avi? Are you going uh, Willie? Are you going Freddie? The rule is current <laughs> current White Sox. So okay. it'll have to be the longest 10-year gotcha. White Sox. There's only one at the I'm moment. Leary legend. So we're going to go with uh, we're gonna go with Leary legend. That'd be That's the current one. player I'd go You can with. get the Garcia jersey, and it's... Both. Well, so my, my former one that I said on Twitter, uh, you can just get a Reed jersey. So it could be a, either AJ Reed or Addison Reed sure. if you want to. Yeah. Both White Sox legends right there. Of um, course. So that wouldn't be my real choice, but you could what go What about with, Jeremy Reed? Was he a White oh, Sox? Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, see, these finest. are deep cuts now. <laughs> I think he's come over with the... 
with Freddie? He was in the Freddie trade, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, guys, yeah. we, know, we know Vinny's going to bring the deep cuts <laughs> all the time. Right. No matter Jeremy what we're talking Reed. about. Got to huh? get those Jeremy Reed mentions. So let's go to you. Like you're going to say Ben Davis next. <laughs> <laughs> Miguel Olivo. Um, with your current or former player, you talk, you give the little bit of a tease there uh, that you're going to give your favorite White Sox jersey of all time. Where, what you going with? My favorite White Sox jersey of all time is the 70s red pinstripes. Mm, mm. And you can do this if you're, the, if you're joining the new fan who asked for, for the info here. There were no names on the back of those jerseys back in the day. Perfect. So you can go with number 14, and so it could be an authentic retro Bill Melton jersey, mm. and, you know, you can go with Paul Konerko, uh as well. They wore they, uh, A Canerco team, whatever year that was, wore those as alternates, uh, and so you can go ahead and, and represent both the classic number 14s in, in White Sox lore with that one. That probably Didn't was like uh, a 2012, Eden? right? Because that would have been around 72 to celebrate that. Could be. Anniversary, I'm guessing. Uh, Jimbo, our, our guy, our Croatian guy Jimbo, says he wants a rookie Frank Thomas 35 script, uh, the 1990 Chicago script. I know you're a fan of those jerseys. They're awesome. But I was wondering, didn't uh, Bill Melton go out with Barbara Eden? Just, that's, 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 the, that's, uh, that's in the ether, yeah. You, should, you guys definitely get that jersey. <laughs> you know who Barbara Eden is? No. I dream of Genie. Come on. I dream of Genie. I know this. I know the show. I don't know the well, lady. That's the uh, the main. Is that, is that that's Jeannie? Jeannie? Yeah, that's Jeannie. She's still with us. <laughs> well, too. congratulations, Jeannie, and th- congrats for being alive too. I mean, that's a that's, what a jerk. I mean, wow. the congrats is to hate Jose Abreu. Herb two thousand twenty year. Herb sounds surprised <laughs> that she's alive. Well, and she's still alive. Like still with us. She's in her eighties, nineties. Congratulations. It is. I don't know. Congratulations, you're not dead. It's great to hear. Uh, we got to work on your tone. Oh, my God. Uh, that's that's right. what my Herb. wife tells me all the time, by the way. Her former jersey, who are you going with? I mean, of course, I would go with Robin Ventura, but that's for me. I would say if we're talking about players in the current atmosphere and staying with the contrarian atmosphere, too, Matt Davidson jersey, a 24. Matt Davidson. Remember he what? hit the three home runs <laughs> in Kansas City? He did do that. I was a big-time Matt Davidson guy, even though he didn't. I like players who flame out with the White Sox quickly. <laughs> I was a huge Mark Tian fan, tea time, 23. <laughs> he sucked here with the White Sox. I was a fan of Matt Davidson. He had a flash in the pan here with the White Sox, and now he's toiling on some minor leagues. And, of course, I'm a Yorman Nation fan, so... If you are one of my favorite players, you're most likely going to suck. But those jerseys are going to be fire, though. I, At 24, Matt Davidson would be fire. That would be fire. <laughs> um, I, I think if we're talking, what's your favorite White Sox jersey of all time while we're having this discussion? The, um, the vest. Oh, yeah, I'm a fan of the vest. Yeah, the, the vest o- are the my favorite. Vest. Yeah, um, they got rid of them, and I was like, why? Like, you, they haven't even brought them back for, like, a nostalgia thing. They played well in those in the playoffs. I think the lo- the first time they lost, they stopped wearing them and then got to their traditional uniforms. But I'm a fan of those. They should go back to them immediately. Along, alongside Vinny, I'm going with a different color for the pinstripes. I like the blue 60s jerseys where mm. they use, like, royal blue, if you could see here. Um, I, didn't, I didn't give it to our graphics sure, department, yeah, so we yeah, can't pull it up so you guys yeah. can see it. Yeah. Um, but Thanks, I, that I, works. Thanks. You can go but Louis me and Herb can see it. You so can go that's Louis Aparicio, <laughs> go with the, uh, the retired Screw jersey. You. Uh, and, and the retired number, People yeah, watching. 1964 White Sox. Uh, I think Lawrence is looking it up right now. Uh, but I would go with the, the blue pinstripe. I, I'm a big fan of that one. But uh, we haven't seen, uh, you know, vest yet. We haven't seen red pinstripe jerseys yet. We haven't seen blue pinstripe jerseys yet. But we have seen Lucas Giolito in the classic black pinstripes. You can see the uh, Jose Abreu uh, bobblehead rocking that jersey right now. And those are those are the away jerseys right there, the uh, powder blue. Uh, oh, and uh, Lawrence, Lawrence is only showing us. Um, I guess he's showing Vinny. Um, all right, he's trying to get to it. But you know who liked those uniforms? Who? Barbara Eden. <laughs> Enough to take <laughs> Phil Melton, apparently. <laughs> it's a classic, like powder blue. We see, we see looks the good. Rangers coming back Is with the, John the powder Garland blue jersey. It looks or Freddie um, Garcia in there. It looks. The, well, so they wore those Miguel in Oakland. Gonzalez. Yeah, they, I think it's Miguel <laughs> Gonzalez. They wore those in Oakland. Um, they they did a, a '70s throwback kind of turn the clock back. Uh, Jose Abreu was wearing the full powder blue uh, uh, jerseys in Oakland. I think that was 2014. Um, so, so yeah, they, sorry, they brought him back to the, the wagers. Yeah. If you're watching sorry, and or listening, just look up 1964 uniforms. Yeah. Yeah. Pretend, pretend you're looking at a Google image search database along with us. But as we were talking oh, about... Oh, you see it? Oh, that's awesome, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> as we were talking about, guy who wore the black pinstripe jerseys, Lucas Giolito. Uh, he's coming up for an extension soon. Vinny, you wrote about this on allchgo.com. Uh, why don't you give us, you know, a little bit of a, a briefing here? You know, what's the current situation with the Sox and Lucas Giolito? Um, and you, you wrote about this in terms of how the lockout affects this. What's the biggest takeaway, you think, uh, from, from your article? 
Yeah, well, I think the idea is that the lockout could could jeopardize things or, or make things harder. We'll put it that way. I mean, you look at what the White Sox have done with their young players recently, specifically guys who have yet to had yet to hit the major leagues in Aloy Jimenez and Luis Robert, but others too, and Yoan Moncada, Tim Anderson several years before those guys. Um, they like to get these deals done in the offseason and, and in some within the case of some of the names I mentioned during spring training. Uh, and now the offseason is going to be shortened to a few days probably between the time the lockout ends and the time spring training begins whenever that might be. If giving Lucas Giolito a contract extension was on Rick Hans to-do list, it's now one of however many things that he has to accomplish in a very, very short amount of time. And if you are focused on building a championship roster for this 2022 season, maybe getting a deal done with Lucas Giolito, talking with his representatives over the course of a spring, let's say, or the course of an entire offseason, uh, it's out the window. The, the, the calendar has been ripped away from you. And so certainly it's not to say that it won't, that it won't happen or that it can't happen, but when you're talking about a guy who, uh, you know, in, in Rick Hahn, who has said the White Sox prefer to get these things done outside of that regular season, there might not be the time to, to get that done, or there might be a time crunch that could make it a, a, a less, uh, you know, give them less of a chance to get something done before this season starts. And right now, Giolito is currently an arbitration herb. Uh, he's on the uh, payroll, basically, for 2022 and 2023. He is the player rep for the, uh, the, the, the Sox for the MLB negotiations so right now. Are you so saying he'll, that he'll, he'll try to not on the team for next year? He is on the team for next year. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much, sure. Head Farmer. Uh, are you worried, though, like, you know, if they don't get a deal done this year, 2023, him then being a pending free agent, like, is there a clock where you need to get it done this year? Because, you know, if he's in that 2023 year, he's getting that much closer to being a free agent, to can being on the free market, to really have his value skyrocket if teams are willing to pay. And speaking to what Vinny just said, like, I think those conversations have sailed. You're this close to free agency. If you're Lucas Giolito, why have the discussion unless they're giving you way over market money? And, you know, with the White Sox, I know you've done some number crunching. That's not typical. And for pitchers in particular, giving long-term extensions, I think they've given two, what, Sale and I think you did the numbers. It was just Bummer. Uh, Sale, Bummer, and Lynn are the three pitchers that have gotten extensions. Yeah, and Sale was five. Bummer was five. And so – it's a long-term, a long-time thing that Jerry Reinsdorf doesn't really like to give out long-term deals to pitchers, and he's smart about it. Sometimes you need to go over that. Like when you see a guy like Mark Burley, okay, he's not going to break down. Let's give him a long-term deal instead of giving the money to John Dex. Cool, cool. Now Lucas Giolito, not Mark Burley necessarily, but a guy that, in the same vein, fans love him. Right. He's a guy that you see as a White Sox, even though he's played a couple games as a White Washington National. Same thing as Paul Konerko. He is a White Sox <laughs> lifer. You need to lock this guy down for for a long time. But if I'm Lucas Giolito and his agency, no way. I'm going to have 30 teams bid for my services if I'm two years away from free agency instead of just one. Um, yeah, it's too late for this year. I think that's sailed. And once you get to next year in 2023, his last year of arbitration, he's free after the season's over. I'll bet on myself. And I can go back to the White Sox, but they're going to have to give me a market deal. Yeah, we have a graphic here showing kind of the extensions that Rick Hahn has been able to make as the GM. He took over in October of 2012. Those are the list of extensions that I could find. I might be missing any, so, so sorry to Rick Hahn, because um, this is what you do best, it, it are these extensions. And you can see the, the, the pitchers up there, Sale, Bummer, Lynn. The only one, though, that is midseason is the last one, July 2021. Right, but I think that also, you know, should speak to the fact that this is not a, a done deal in mm -hmm. terms of Giolito not getting one. Now, obviously, everything Herb said was correct, and Giolito knows the business of baseball he could be a guy who has maybe who goes into this process of free agency with a little bit more knowledge than, than most might you know just because he's the player rep he is uh interested in achieving the goals of the union that kind of thing um and obviously he would have earned the right to do so with the way that he has pitched uh but you can see right at the top of that list july of 2021 the White Sox prefer to get things done during the offseason, but it's not like they are incapable of getting things done during the season. And Lance Lynn right there, that's a hefty payday, you know, I mean, or a yeah. per-season per payday right there. Giolito, obviously much younger, would probably be looking for something longer term, but it just goes to show you that 
you know, the White Sox can make an offer that would that would make somebody well paid. And going back to that graphic too, I and mean, we don't have to pull it up, but March 2020, uh, they they extend Moncada. Uh, what Rick said about that was it took two weeks, and he said that Moncada was on board from the start. Comments from Giolito after the season in November said that he wants to be a White Sox for life and that they haven't had any talks yet. So it's not crazy. It's not you know out of the White Sox history to get a deal done within the possible three weeks of spring training that they will have. So again, it, it is something that if they even just want to buy out his arbitration years in good faith, like, you know, hey, we'll do this for you because we think that we can make you, uh, you know, a nice offer when you become a free agent, like, Maybe there is an olive branch extended here because something that, you know, Fred says right here, Sox need right field, second base, another starter, another reliever, and trade bad Kimbrel, right? Like, yes, they need to do that in 2022, but also, like, Giolito is a large part of this window, in my opinion. Well, and I'll say this, too. That list should show you why the White Sox are in the position they are right Mm -hmm. now. I think when you talk about a window, when you talk about a contention window for this team in which to win championships, that window was built on those extensions, on mm-hmm. making sure Luis Robert isn't going anywhere for X years, making sure Aloy Jimenez isn't going anywhere for X years, and to add a pitcher, a big-time pitcher who, yes, just yesterday we were talking about, is he the ace of this staff? Even if he isn't, he's one of the best pitchers in the American League. Mm-hmm. To add a big-time pitcher to that list to go along with guys who are a little bit younger like Cease and Kopech, you know, you've, got a, you've already got a middle of the lineup locked up Right. For well into the future, to be able to lock in a rotation well into the future would kind of ensure or boost the chances of that contention window staying as wide open as possible. And I said the other day, Lucas Giolito is very savvy. Him and his dad and his agency, when Mike Rizzo drafted him the 16th overall pick uh, back in the day, he had elbow problems already. So he was supposed to get picked first, but people are like, all right, he has elbow problems. It's going to be trouble. He didn't sign until 30 seconds were left in the signing period because he wanted the deal he wanted and had Mike Rizzo sweating. He was going to go play for UCLA if they didn't give him the exact deal that he wanted. He's very savvy. He understands the business. He understands that he has leverage in this situation, not the White Sox. He's a healthy pitcher who's been pitching well, even though he was the worst pitcher in baseball in 2018. (laughs) Worst pitcher in baseball. Now, going into this year, he's one of the best. And then when he's ready to walk, he'll be 29. So if we're going by the traditional 27 to 31, he's still got three years on the backside of his prime years. Well, and the thing, too, like you look at the current uh, market for pitchers, uh, G. Lito since 2019, sixth in F4 uh, for all starting pitchers. And just looking at the guys that he's competing with, Lance Lynn obviously getting an extension in 2021. He finished third in the AL Cy Young. He made about $19 million in his extension. Zach Wheeler, the Sox were in on him when he was a free agent. He makes $23.6 million. Robbie Ray just signed with the uh, Mariners after winning a Cy Young for $23 million. Garrett Cole, the big Mega star for the Yankees, nine years, three hundred twenty-four million. He's making thirty-six a year. Max Scherzer, the big mega contract with the Mets, one thirty for three years. He's making forty-three point four three million. So I think obviously the Cole and Scherzer are probably a little bit too much for Giolito. But if you're looking at that Robbie Ray, that Zach Wheeler, that Lance Lynn market, that's I think where he fits in. And I, I think that you know if the Sox do want to buy out a year of arbitration, again, it's like. He is estimated to make $8.25 million this year. If they want to, you know, up this year to 10 up next year to 12 and then up, you know, that, that first free agent year to around $23 million, I mean, a deal might be done. And, and again, that just allows you to spend and gives you a better idea of what your budget is. And locking down your ace for the next three years, going to give Rickon a, a nice, uh, you know, big sigh of relief because you don't have to worry then about in 2024 having to add another starter to and, this rotation. And let's not limit – we don't have to necessarily limit this talk, conversation just to Lucas Giolito. Obviously, he, with the, the fact that his free agency is approaching more rapidly, it makes m- more sense. But as you've seen with the White Sox, as we've been talking about, they like to lock up guys early in their career – Maybe a guy like Andrew Vaughn is a yeah. candidate uh, for an extension. And obviously, all the stuff I said about the offseason being shortened would apply to him too. But we focus on Giolito because you're running out of time in terms of years to to do that before free agency. Along with along. that too, I think Crochet would be a very savvy uh, extension too because you don't know what he will be. Will he be a starter? Will he be a reliever? You really give him that time and that true security like, hey, we're just going to take your t- our time on you. Um, I could see some of these extensions being done, but if there's a big one to be done, Giolito is that name. White Sox for life, though, he brings that up. Uh, Frank Thomas wasn't a White Sox for life. Mark Burley wasn't a White Sox for life. No. I mean, is that is that important? I mean, does, does Giolito d- 
deserve that? I mean, is I that mean, just him talking? Technically, he's not a White Sox for life either. So uh, he pitched, uh, I think, a couple starts at the Washington Nationals. It right. doesn't I mean, really Paul matter. Paul Canerco, I think, is still a White Sox yeah, for life, even, even though he the played Dodger for the games. Dodgers and the Reds. Yeah. But that doesn't really matter. But he is, I think, and uh, my old partner, Chris Tannehill, at Locked On Sox and also at the score used to say the White Sox window is Lucas Giolino's contract. So whatever that is, if it is the 2024 or 2023 at the end of that, that's their window. If they signs the extension, then it extends because we've said it. He's an awesome pitcher. And with the numbers you're talking about, he's more up there by the Marcus Stroman numbers. Marcus Stroman made $25 million for three years. Uh, the average annual value, I think the last year is supposed to be 21, but easily reachable uh, goals to make that $25 million each. I think Lucas will be younger than Marcus Stroman at that same time. And he's just as good of a pitcher. So I'm thinking 25 to 30 million a year will be his market in two years when Lucas hits the free agent market. Yeah, Stroman's already 30 and Giolito will be 28 in July. So, I mean, he's got, I mean, that's the thing too, is like you compare him to Zach Wheeler, you compare him to Robbie Ray, you compare him to Lance Lynn. It's also the youth too. You're not only are you paying for, you know, great pitching at 28, you're also, you know, trying to buy out the 32-year-old window, you know, 28 to 32-year-old space where that's going to be his, probably his peak performance. And that adds uh, years to what? Lucas is going to be able to get, be it in an extension or in free agency. Right, and, and again, free agency, like, he might not want to buy out that one-year free agency because that might be the, the one year he make he can be able to make the most amount of money. Uh, Fred says he's still apprehensive about Crochet, uh, big velo drop-off, and I still think they've mishandled him and Kopech. I think they've mishandled uh, Crochet, at least so far, just because they said they want him to be a starter, uh, and we haven't seen that yet. Uh, we but saw with- the number, though, earlier. If he agrees to a five-year, $16 million deal like Aaron Bummer yeah. did, would you, as a White Sox fan, like that? Like a very cost certainty, very inexpensive uh, deal for uh, Garrett Crochet? That's a type of deal that a guy like that who doesn't know his role has been injured in the major leagues would might have to jump on to. No minor league experience. Exactly. He might have to jump on. It's like $16 million for the rest of my career. Uh, for the yeah, next five years. Yeah, next five years. Solid. Let's do that. Yeah, I mean, and, what he's shown is he's, he shows the ability to at least be a, you know, middle leverage lefty, which is so valuable nowadays. And he can he can face lefty or, or, or righties. I mean, I think he's one of the most interesting players on this roster right now in terms of what happens after 2022. I mean, mm-hmm. I think in 2022, you can kind of at least see the uh, ceiling of what he'll be able to provide for this team. But the ceiling past that, you have no idea what it looks like because Rick Hahn and the White Sox are still adamant that they want him to be a starting pitcher. And to be honest, we're talking about, you know, rotation here far into the future. You know, Lance Lynn's contract ends, Dallas Keuchel's contract ends, and if Lucas Giolito, you know, ends up going to free agency and going to another team, if that's the way it plays out, you're looking at Cease, Kopech, and you need some more horses to fill out that rotation. Crochet would be the guy that that should step into that role. And talking about the minor league, I mean, you know, mentioning just because I think Crochet, you know, he's probably the person that's most affected by the lockout if he wasn't on the 40-man roster in 2020 where they needed him uh, and he didn't play in 2021, that could have gave him the, the ability to when the, the minor leagues open, he could be starting right now in Birmingham but or, or that whatever. Be, but that being said... Makes the bullpen worse. Right, and yeah. he, he is a valuable part of that bullpen, and I don't, I don't think as currently constructed they can afford to not have him in the bullpen in 2022 if they want to achieve the kind of goals that they're trying to achieve. Yeah, it, it's, it's a tough conversation. He's a, he's a very tough one to figure out. Uh, we just need to take a quick break, and the best way to support CHGO, what we're doing here on the CHGO White Sox podcast, is up in that corner right there. Points bet. Use code CHGO when you download the PointsBet app. And when you make a deposit of $50 or more for your first time, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. We got our White Sox brawler. You can get the brawler on the the, the logo right there. On a shirt, you can get the CHGO flag. Any of the teams that you support, we have a shirt for you. Again, if you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we will help you. But PointsBet is the place to live your bet life. You can sign up right now and enjoy their live same-game parlays, and that's only with PointBets. You can buy your favorite bets anytime during the game and try to win money on PointsBet. An online sign-up is now available in Illinois. It takes just seconds to sign up on the PointsBet app, so download the PointsBet app right now and register from start to finish all from your phone. Use code CHGO. You will get a membership if you have a first-time deposit of $50 or more, and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. 
Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And we'll talk about CHGO just a little bit right here. We obviously just talked about Vinny's article in that first segment. You could go to allchgo.com and see all of the great written content. We got Cubs content, White Sox content, Bears, Blackhawks, Bulls content after they just lost to Philadelphia. You can check them out at allchgo.com. And last night we had a, a post-game show for the Bulls and 76ers. Uh, loss for the Bulls then. We're going to have a post-game tonight with Greg and Mario for the Blackhawks and Ducks. So check that all out at allchgo.com. And it's a you know we're closing in on 10,000 subscribers. So if you've noticed uh, that you're, you haven't subscribed just yet and you're watching us live on YouTube, feel free to subscribe and help us get to that 10 K mark. Now let's moving on to uh, let's move into our second segment. We'll talk about 2020 and 2021 here. We'll talk about the offense, and I think a big thing for fans last year was just getting used to playing 162 games. Uh, again, you have the 60 game season, you have the huge outburst of home runs from the Sox early on in that season, that 60 game season. They start to falter a little bit. They lose the AL Central to Cleveland in 2020. And then in 2021, obviously, they win the division, 93 games, but it feels like the power was absolutely sucked out of this team. So looking at 2021 and 2020, the offensive production, are the Sox in a good place right now? Are, like, are you worried by the, the decline from 2020 to 2021, or is that just something that we would have seen in 2020 if we saw 162 games? Vinny, uh, we, we got some stats and everything, but why don't you give us your opening thoughts on the Sox offense from 2021 to 2020? Yeah, I mean, to me, it, it's pretty easy. The reason the White Sox didn't hit as many home runs as they would could have in 2021 is because Aloy Jimenez and Luis Robert missed so much time. And then you talk about a guy in Yasmani Grandal who had a very, very right. good offensive season. Well, he missed a huge chunk of time in the middle of the year. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about three of your best hitters right there not playing the entire complement of games. Uh, obviously, there were guys who did play the entire complement of games or, or close to it, and they didn't perhaps meet, match the sort of numbers uh, that folks were expecting. Yohan Moncada comes to mind specifically in the power department. But, uh, you know, I think if you have a whole healthy season of Aloy Jimenez and Luis Robert in 2022, you're going to see those numbers start to climb back up. To answer your question, what's, where do I think I see that offense I think it looks pretty good. I mean, you're talking about basically somebody at every position on the diamond where you're confident in the bat, you know, with one glaring exception in second base and then maybe another in right field, depending on your thoughts on Andrew Vaughn, right field or DH, I should say. Mm -hmm. But um, is there room to make a big upgrade before the season begins? Yeah, I think there is. Uh, but as for where they are right now, they got a pretty nice lineup, and I think a lot of people should be very happy with at least – where that goes down to about the seventh spot in the order. Yeah, I agree. Like, the reason why 2021 wasn't as productive is you have those injuries. And 2020, I know you like to call it a Mickey Mouse season, uh, Sean. <laughs> oh <God>. Kind of <laughs> is. 60 games, you can do different things. And it started, remember, it started like in July or August. So the beginning of the season is great weather. People are used to this type of great weather, so great weather produces great hitting. If we started right. the season on time here, we'd start in March and it'd be cold. Lousy March weather doesn't lend itself to great hitting. So I don't think anything was wrong with the 2021 uh, socks as far as the bats were concerned. Those guys will come back to be the back of the baseball cards or more in 2022. I just think that... They need somebody at second base. That's why I'm like, I don't really necessarily need Chris Bryant. I don't ne necessarily need uh, anybody uh, in right field because I think that platoon in right field is a aggregate good right fielder. It will hit a lot, especially if we do it correctly with Sheets and having Vaughn and uh, sometimes putting an angle. But second base, you spoke to it. I don't think Lori Garcia is going to be the guy he was in 2021. I think he's going to regress. It's a walk year, and we in 2021 was a walk year, so he had to get his his numbers right to get this three-year contract they got from the White Sox. I know they were probably going to sign him anyways, but him playing second base every day is not going to be great. He's your eighth or ninth hitter, so that's a good thing. But I would rather have that upgrade, and then you know later in the week I think we'll talk about trade candidates and to upgrade that actual position. But otherwise, one through eight, we're solid as hell. We're going to hit. That's not a problem. They're going to pitch well. That's not a problem. 
can we hit and pitch well at the top of the league is the the question we need to answer. Well, and can ask. they do it in, in the postseason too? I mean, you look in 2020 and 2021, uh, they lost by two, uh, four runs against uh, the A's in the two games they lost. Oof. And then they lost by five runs in game one against the Astros, five runs in game two, and then nine runs in game four. It just seems like there is moments where this team just can go power outage, where this team just gets absolutely decimated by bad at-bats, strikeouts, and then, you know, the classic Jose Bray, you, uh, you know, ground ball double play. Like, it, it does seem that there are stretches with every baseball team, obviously, uh, where, where this team gets into a slump. But I don't know. I, I just feel like we, we've talked about this, you know, past couple episodes. The Sox need to make their stamp. And, and I guess that's why we keep coming back to this idea of the bat and the idea of, you know, seeing what we saw in 2020 really be the entire season uh, of third in the MLB in home runs and, and a complete just onslaught uh, of destroying left-handed hitter or left-handed pitching and, and destroying uh, the AL Central. I, I think that Sox fans, I think, were a little bit disappointed in the fact that, you know, there, there were nice runs where the Sox could be all together and put up 10 runs in, you know, six straight games, but then there'll be, you know, a 10-game stretch where it, it seems like they're clawing for runs. I'll say, I'll say this, in terms of 2020, it's not like 2020 was, you know, all sunshine and rainbows every day either. Right, I right. mean, yeah, you had an amazing season from Jose Abreu, but think about it. One half of that season, Luis Robert was not doing anything. Yoan Moncada was not doing anything for basically the entire season because of how he was dealing with the after effects of having COVID. And if, if memory serves, even though he came up with a couple clutch hits, White Sox fans weren't too happy with how Yasmani Grandal was hitting in 2020 either. So now too you're, much. So now say. you're talking too many walks. Yeah, unbelievable. I hate that. But not. But I mean, you're talking about a third of your lineup, a third of your star players right there, who folks would say in 2020 when the numbers you're talking about were so were supposedly so good you're talking about a 30-year lineup not being there necessarily and I think like you said like you just alluded to that's baseball kind of in a way and the teams that can put together those big numbers over the course of an entire six-month season are the teams who minimize those stretches I mentioned it the other day on this podcast you remember how grim things looked in that stretch when Tim Anderson had to had to sit out with with the leg issue you know that is a kind of thing where if you're just blessed with a little bit of health maybe that stretch doesn't happen and we're not thinking about this as severely as as we might otherwise be so it's just about minimizing those times when when somebody goes down can somebody else pick them up and that's the sport you know what I mean that it doesn't mean you're not going to be there in the playoffs at the end of the day but from a um, aesthetically pleasing standpoint you'd certainly like to see that as few times as possible over the course of the summer and that's what we brought up Tim Anderson I guarantee if we see those slumps and we isolate them I guarantee Tim either was out of the game injured or he wasn't playing at 100%, and he makes the team go. And it's not necessarily because of his attitude and what he does in the field. I think the drop-off from the level of play that he has to the next guy, will, it's just astronomical. Like, Lurie is a solid replacement, but you're having Tim Anderson, who's an all-star. That's a fall-off. You're not going to have the same type of numbers, especially if he's at the top of the lineup, like Tim Anderson makes the, makes the lineup go when he's at the top of the lineup, like we were talking about, you go, we go. Yeah, and, and well, I think, the, too, like, it was a tough stretch because, like, that was right when Robert was coming back and he was clicking, but at, at that point, he was really the only one. Him and Abreu and Grandal were, like, the three that were clicking uh, when T.A. went down. So it was really only, like, a three-man crew at that point. Uh, so, I, I mean, it, it. I just worry with the Sox. Uh, and can we pull up the, the numbers from, from 2020? We have this. Uh, there it is. It'll, it'll help me. I do like the progression that they made from, from 2020 to 2021. Uh, it did seem, whether it was Frank Minichino, whether it was Tony Larusa, they became more pl- patient. They became more selective. Uh, that shows in the, the walk rate right there going from 24th to 4th. Uh, that shows in the K rate going from 6th highest in the MLB to 12th lowest. Um, but it's, it's those isolated power numbers. It's the slugging numbers. It's the home runs that, that does concern me a little bit. You go from 5th in slugging to 10th. You go from isolated power, which takes out slugging, uh, which, which is basically slugging uh, percentage, but without the, the singles. Uh, so it goes from 5th to 16th, home runs 3rd to 19th. I think there's the argument, you know, again, if 2020 happens over 162, you might see a, a 109 mm-hmm. weighted runs created plus from the Sox. You mm-hmm. might see those numbers come down, especially with injuries. But it also just felt like this team had a different swagger, maybe, and maybe that was tougher to figure out over 162. But, like, 
over 60, it just felt like every single game the Sox were coming in completely like, all right, it's our turn. You know, you have to beat us at the plate. We are going to just pound you into the ground uh, each and every night. And, and that's what it felt like, I guess, with, 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 the, with the South Side Sluggers in 2020. And it felt like we missed that for long stretches in 2021. Yeah, well, because on a daily basis, what was the storyline? You know, these guys are doing this until Aloy comes back or just wait until Luis comes back or, you know, just wait until Yaz comes back. I mean, I think that was the storyline basically for the entire six months. And then the way things ended is having an outsized Im- impact on the way people are thinking. I, I, in my opinion, you look at what the Astros were able to do in those four games from a power standpoint Ugh. versus what the White Sox were able to do in those four games from a power standpoint. And I don't think that those results mean that going into 2022 – all the players on the roster need to, you know, be rearranged or anything like that. We, as Herb, as you and I both ran through, it really seems like everybody is capable of having a very powerful season in mm-hmm. this lineup, you know, given health and, 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 and given the full season, not just four games in October where nothing really seemed to go right. You just need to tell Jose Abreu, it's August. <laughs> We're starting the season, it's August, and he'll start hitting immediately. I think Jose knows how to read a thermometer. I, I'm pretty sure I know, uh, you know, he, no, can, his, he can he can, he can, can pop his head out of the dugout and say, ooh, a little cold. Every calendar, it just says August. <laughs> his baseball reference shows it, too. Uh, it's the only month he hits 300 in. Uh, every other month, his highest other month is September and October at 292. In August, it's 335. So, you know, just casually raising your batting average by 50 points in one month. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, that's why, you know, again, that's why he won the 2022 or 2020 AL MVP was because he had all those games in August. That, that that whole season was July to August. So, I mean, that was just Jose Abreu's playground. Yeah, but I also think he's not a he's not the guy you got to worry about. I mean, if you're talking about, you know, power numbers and, and offensive numbers, he's okay. made a career out of finishing the season with basically the same set of numbers every year. It's, it's, it's you know, you're really drilling down, I think, on those stretches that you talked about. And it's minimizing those stretches that makes you one of the best teams in baseball. Is it a walk year for him, too? Didn't he sign an extension for three? years so 2021 20, 2021 20, yes. and 22 yeah. Yeah. so he's this, gonna look for would then be now Andrew Vaughn could take over if they don't resign a break now so if like, you want to talk about white Sox Bray, you lifer, Vaughn could slide into that guy place. is a White Sox lifer never played any other team never played in the minors Jose Abreu do you think he will be a lifer though absolutely I, I do like so? look absolutely. at the deal he signed he signed a under market value deal to come back with the White Sox he won a uh MVP in his first year. The next year, he kept on doing Jose Abreu things. And this year, 290, 35, 100. You know what's going to happen. That's what he's going to be until he's like 50. (laughs) If Jose Abreu wants to keep playing from 2023 on, he will be doing so in a White Sox uniform. Yes. Yeah, Andrew Vaughn's not chasing him off first base. He's good. No, he's good, but he's not chasing him off first base. We're talking about a window. We're talking about a World Series window. It's not like Jose. Like, and, then, and we're gonna. We're, a couple years but, ago, I thought Jose was regressing, but no, it seems like Jose is staying at the same level. Yeah, exactly. But, but you're, one you're injury talk- can change that. He's 34. You're talking about him though, like he's like you know they're carrying sorry. dead weight around. Yeah. He was arguably the no, best but, offensive player on the team last year. Your Jose Abreu hate is no, coming through. Absolutely. Oh my god. All right, here we go. I don't hate Jose Abreu. I'm just saying he's 35 years old. You were talking about him regressing at 2019. No, I thought he was. I was wrong. He, but he was like. Like his, his his numbers were going down, and then in 2020, he's able to turn around. In 2021, he's able to you know bounce back. But like I mean, he was going down. I mean, he went you know 137, 135, 124, Solid. 141, and then he goes down to 117, 118. Awesome. It just seems like he's slowing down. And of course, those are OPS plus numbers. Yeah, those are OPS plus numbers. Okay. And of course, his worst OPS plus numbers are the the first two years he's an All Star. So I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah, I seem to remember talking to Jose at a couple of All Star games, and I hey. uh, don't remember him uh, having anything to say about regression. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> Whatever. I, I could be wrong, and I'll, I'll be happily wrong if, if Jose Abreu is a, is a White Sean Sox Anderson. lifer. If he's a White Sox lifer, I won't have a problem. But I, I just there there he's 35 years old. That's I wouldn't be saying. surprised if we walk into Guaranteed Rate Field on opening day, and there's already a little curtain over the place where they put 79 up on the uh, up on the uh, upper deck. There is that the next number to be retired? 79? Do we think? Absolutely. I have another number which I am surprised they haven't retired as yet. It's 13. I mean, how much more can you do for a franchise? Rookie of the year, 
brought a world championship here as a manager, played how many years as a White Sox shortstop, as solid defensive, does awesome job on your old stuffing grounds, NBC Sports Chicago, for the postgame. That's one of the main reasons I uh, tune into that. How many uh, how many uh, teams around the league have retired the numbers of managers only? Obviously, Ozzy has the playing career to go along with it, but I am curious at how many uh, – I know Teams the Yankees usually... have Tory and like Miller Huggins. I bl- I don't even know if he had a number. Um, um, DeRocher probably has his number mm. retired somewhere. But is Tony's number retired in Oakland? Let me see. Uh, I mean, managers with retired numbers. It, I don't know. I'm it it should be him or Bob Melvin, who just took over Tony's uh, franchise record for wins. Now he's a San Diego Padres manager, so uh, it might be a little tough to get his number retired up there in Oakland. But yeah, if anybody <laughs> deserves. A number be to be retired. It's Ozzy Guillen. Well, real quick, uh, Kirk and, and I agree. I think I think Ozzy thirteen should definitely be discussed. Uh, Seventy nine will be retired. I, I would be shocked if they didn't. And, and Kirk is right. The DH position does exist. So I mean, maybe a Brady will just be there until he he's forty two years old. Forty two, yeah. But, yeah. but again, he's moving off first base at some point, and, and Vaughn will be there. I'm but not again, right now, I would I would say the same thing about Jose's defense right now as I would about his offense. You know, I mean, the thought is like, oh, he's getting older. He needs to go to DH. He's playing the best defensive first base of his career. Yeah, no, he is. And yeah. he has been since 2020. I mean, yeah. he, it, it did seem like something clicked or changed in 2020 where, you know, he was able to bounce back. 19 managers, by the way, have had their uh, numbers retired. Was uh, I right La- about Miller Huggins? La Russa was, was right. Casey Stengel, Joe Torre, uh, Huggins. No. were not. Fred Hutchinson, My Whitey God. Herzog, Gil Hodges, and Dick Hauser are your H's. Bobby Cox, Lou Boudreau, Sparky Anderson, Walter Anderson, uh, Walter Alston, Tommy Lasorda, Billy Martin, Danny Murtaugh, Johnny Oates, Earl Weaver, uh, and then Reg Schoendeist uh, are, are your, your 19 The managers. Reg Schoendeist. The Reg Schoendeist. Oh, yeah, I should know. It's like in the back of uh, Bush Stadium right by Ozzy Smith jumping. Oh, there you go. I don't know if you've seen that. But I've I, never been. I've ever... only gone to Miller Park, Wrigley, and G-Rate. Okay. It's, it's, it's all right. It's not as boring. If you're as flying, Chris. Sean? No, I mean, no, I'm poor. I'm 24. I don't have a lot of money. I don't have a lot of money, and I'm not covering a White Sox team, you know, jumping on a plane, uh, heading around the country. Uh, and I know. Her- by the way, have you ever seen the Earl Weaver uh, manager's corner? No. In, uh- you, you need to watch it. Just okay. And if you're out there, you haven't heard the Earl Weaver manager's corner, it's one of the best segments of all time. I, we can't play. I mean, we can play it here, but. It's awesome. Well, it will have you laughing forever. That's your guy Steve Stone's uh, manager. Uh, yeah. any, anyways, we'll take a quick break here. And uh, we want to mention, if you're enjoying CHGO, the CHGO White Sox podcast, which apparently on Chartable and Apple Podcasts is the number one baseball podcast in America right now, you know, no big deal. But Ever. thank you for all your support on there. And if you want to continue the support, you can download the PointsBet app and download uh, their app, start using it, and use code CHGO. When you sign up, not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you will receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out. And in case you missed it, online registration is back. You can download the PointsBet app and sign up and register right from your phone in minutes it's simple it's easy with the points bet app so what are you waiting for once the game starts don't just bet live your bet life with points bet gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 final topic guys we have about 15 minutes to discuss it and it's very simple is baseball fun i've been having fun talking to you guys about our our sport our lovely sport uh baseball but something that we were doing today was a chgo bets daily podcast and in the middle of that Russell Wilson gets traded to the Broncos, and we have frenzy here, and that's part because we have DNVR people, uh, and they're, they're setting up RK in Studio B, and, and there's a huge rush because this big move's being made, and Herb and I start discussing about the NFL being a 12-month league, and it seems like baseball right now, especially with the lockout, a lot of inactivity. So, Herb, I'm going to go to you first because you, you, you basically inspired the, 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 the topic itself. Is baseball fun, and how can we change Major League Baseball to kind of be like the NFL where it's more year-round? Baseball to baseball fans is fun. That's true. It's very hard, I think, if you're not a person that went to baseball games as a child and or played baseball games to be a baseball fan. Like, if you have no rooting interest in the actual teams, like we are White Sox fans or White Sox-affiliated people, that is our life. It is. It consumes us when the season's going on. But after the season's done, like in November, I'm like, 
I'm not thinking about baseball. I'm not checking. I will check for Vinny, and he'll be at the winter meetings or the GM meetings in the in the fall. I mean, in the uh, winter meetings, the winter, yeah. of course. And then <laughs> if we do go to Soxfest, which we haven't had in a long time, awesome because we have a post game there with from the 108. They have a great time at Reggie's. So I'm looking forward to those specific things. Those are just microcosms of the offseason. They're not big, huge things like the NFL. Today, it took over Twitter that Russell Wilson, well, first Aaron Rodgers went back to Green Bay, Russell Wilson going to Denver. Those are huge flashpoints. When's the last time the baseball had an offseason huge move like that and it's like, yeah, let's go. Like, I'm trying to think. It was the Manny slash uh, Harper, Harper. Yeah. signing, but those happened in February. Like, those happened way late in the season, and people are reporting to camp. I think baseball is fun to f- for baseball fans. And what baseball's problem is they have way too many people outside the church, and they're preaching to the choir, and they're preaching to the congregation. They need to step outside and find why these people are not stepping into the building. Oh, kids, why, why, what's, what's going on with us? Do you need the games to be shorter? No, no one needs that. Just make the game more fun. Make it more. Don't get inside your your own way. Like baseball owners right now, getting in their own way. They're crying poor on one side, biblical losses, and then the same family is thinking about buying an EPL team. The messaging's wrong. It's like, are you poor? Or can you buy one of the marquee teams in English Premier League? Which is it? Like they have so many of those wrong messages in baseball and they stub their toe Every single chance they get. And the, and the commissioner's not doing any, them any favors either, even though it's not his job. But I think baseball is fun, but it's fun only for the people who are inside, not fun for the people who are outside. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's as big of a problem as you and a lot of people that share that opinion do. Mm-hmm. And I think we've heard that a lot during the lockout is, you know, baseball is, is killing itself. No one will ever come back to baseball after baseball. Baseball fans will come back to baseball after the lockout. Of course they will, because they like baseball. The thing is, I think it's okay for baseball to not be the most popular thing in the world. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people have either a memory or an idea of this time before the 90s when everybody liked baseball and the world stopped for the World Series and everything Babe Ruth did every day was on the front page of every newspaper in America. And you know what? It's okay that it's not that anymore, I think. This, it will still go on. Baseball will be played. People will have a great great day at the old ballpark, you know, and, and, and that'll be that. Is it as popular as the NFL? No, but also it's a self-fulfilling prophecy in a regard too because I was at the gym the other day that's the big headline there. Let's, that should have been at the top of the show. Can't believe that. But <laughs> I catch a, a, a peek at ESPN on, the, on one of the other machines, and they led off a show with talking about how long someone's hand is? Like, who cares? Yeah, with the NFL Combine, it like, was uh, who, Kenny Pickett's hand. That's that's who cares? I don't care about that. And so you're talking about the NFL being a 12-month league. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not if that's the top story of the day. It just is because so many people think that that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And it and baseball goes on the entire year. You just talked about the off-season calendar. There's something every month in between. And not only that, the shortest off-season. The, baseball, uh, the, the World Series could end in early November – Spring training starts in mid-February. You don't got a lot of time to fill. I believe that, like you said, the dragging on of, of free agency is uninteresting right. um, because you've got the you've got sports like the like basketball and football where that all happens in like two days. You know where everybody signs all these contracts right away after the after the clock strikes midnight and stuff. So yeah, of course, there's tons of stuff they could fix to appeal to a lot more people to appeal more to their own already existing fans, but. To answer your question, yeah, baseball's fun. It's just that NFL gets more attention. Herb's guy, Zach Byrne, says MLB thanks both Russell Wilson and A-Rod for the distraction with with the whole – I mean, right now the MLB and the MLB union are meeting. Uh, They had two meetings today so far. They met for 20 minutes most recently, uh, and there was more to come apparently from uh, Evan Drellich of The Athletic. But I don't know. I I think that there's something about the NFL and how they truly have capitalized on TV – you look at the NFL Combine, and they're talking about Kenny Pickett's hand that's eight and a half inches wide because I think they've made a true tailored to TV and for fans product. I don't know if the, the MLB is truly able to create those products that are 
enjoyable and watchable. The NFL draft is going to take over all of sports for, for the three days that it happens in April. The MLB draft, the first round can't even grab, I think, even MLB fans' attentions. Like, all right, who did we draft? And then we'll, we'll get away from it. And part of that is because it's in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. It's tough because that's right after college baseball when that ends. But, like, why not make it an all-star break event? Why not make it more of it something where— It was last year. Okay, well, the, yeah. there, there we go. And, and I think, too, like, with 2019, like, you had the delayed uh, signings with Machado and Harper. Keuchel and Kimbrell didn't even sign before the, you know, spring training started and the seasons even started. Uh, 2020, you had the pandemic and then the delay to even get the season started. 2021 was, you know, thankfully went off without a hitch um, outside of some, you know, minor COVID stuff. But then you're back in 2022, and now we're stuck in a lockout with games canceled. Like, it is just frustrating. It's a frustrating four years. I mean, think about their... Hall of Fame. They do that in the middle, like on a Sunday, while baseball games are going on. Why not take advantage of that MLB All-Star break, which is, what, four days? Just have it then. Honor the players who are going into your Hall of Fame. Have a standalone Hall of Fame induction. That would be much better. But they play that against other games that are currently going on with the players that are playing now. Or maybe one Sunday in August, you just don't play. Either way. Yeah, just like, hey, we're, let's all honor people who are going into our grand shrine. Right. Let's make sure that they get the proper respect, not just by the teams who are – like I went to the one that Frank Thomas and Tony La Russa went into. I went that because Frank Thomas – and I, but I enjoyed Bobby Cox going in and Maddox in, and um, – Smolt, not Smoltz didn't go in. Um, Glavin went in. So I enjoyed seeing all the rest of the fans from the Braves and the Yankees and the White Sox there to celebrate baseball. That's what they should have. A standalone day to celebrate the greats of the game instead of, hey, we're going to do this in the middle of uh, August in the afternoon while your game is going on, while you get, yeah, you get to miss your your series. Like the White Sox are facing the Guardians, said it right, in the, <laughs> the third game of a season, and now we're inducting Hawk Harrelson too. So choose. Yeah, I, I think with that Sunday too, I mean, like, it's probably impossible to build a, a baseball field out in Cooperstown, right? And it's probably impossible to play a they game have a baseball on field. Sunday night it's not, baseball. It's not great. True, but it's I mean, like, they're able to make something viable out in Dyersville, Iowa. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, it's I not mean, too far away from Build that. it, they will come. Yeah. I mean, and you already have people out in Cooperstown. Go to the place where the game is celebrated. It worked for the Field of Dreams, even though, you know, the MLB and Fanatics can't make jerseys available for any of their fans, uh, those Field of Dreams replicas. They went up, and then they sold out, and they have not been replenished. But, like, why not make more of those TV made-for-games? This is the only thing that the MLB is going to show you because it's the only thing that we want you to see. We want you to see the Hall of Fame. We want you to see the Hall of Fame game. This is an important uh, you know, historical day in our calendar where we are going to enshrine people into our Hall of Fame. I think it's just it, it's so baseball of them to you know, realize like we have 162 games, we have this long, sprawling schedule, but we don't have the time to make any of those 162 important. And they did that with the corn game uh, last and year. That was but, awesome. I mean, outside of that, it's like you have the regular season, you have the postseason, you have the World Series. That's it. Look how many eyes are in that game. Like, everybody was excited, enthralled. Yankees help it out. White Sox help it out. The walk-off helps it out. But everybody was talking about baseball because it's a weird, odd game that's happening in Iowa. They A movie they watched, they enjoyed. And wow, baseball, look at there. We're not having games in the same stadium. We're not wearing the same uniforms. We're doing something different. We're having eyes to this moment, this event. And it is an event. And I think we saw an Apple TV Plus is going to be having primetime games on Friday. That's a good thing. This is more moving it towards, hey, we're fun over here. Come and watch us too. And I think, too, we talked about the AFC West getting better. Now the Broncos have a great quarterback. The Raiders have a decent quarterback in uh, Derek Carr. Uh, obviously, Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert in Kansas City and, and San Diego. Uh, well, I guess now it's uh, – uh, do we have to, is Dollar. that really in the jar? Dollar. We're, talk, Dollar. we're talking NFL. Dollar. Oh, Dollar. You call them San Diego Chargers. <laughs> right. It's a I'll Dollar. Put in the Dollar. I'll put a jar in the Dollar. So, okay, we're, we're new rule. It's if you hesitate at Cleveland, if you say their old team name, or if you say San Diego Chargers? Apparently, this applies sports-wide. Sports. Okay. All right, all sports. So if you screw anything up sports-wide. If you say the San Diego the jar. He, uh, um, Rockets, too. Dollar. Right. But I, I, too. What, the point I was trying to say, like, the AFC gets better, the AFC West gets better. But, it, like, you look at the AL Central, and we talked about this. Like, it seems like 
it, it's an even, uh, you know, it's an ebb and flow with like teams taking over. Like right now it's the White Sox era. Then it was the Twins era, era from 2019 and 2020. Then it was Cleveland where they went, went to the World Series in 2016. Then it was Kansas City where they won the World Series in 2015. Then Detroit was going on their spending spree. Then it was Minnesota. Then the Sox won the World Series. Like we're talking about tanking right now with the lockout. We're talking about competitive balance. I just don't know if even the product that they're putting out, the 162, is entertaining enough. Well, if you're looking to get new fans into the game, you probably shouldn't be starting in the AL Central. That no, would be my guess. I mean, true. you 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 got to point to, you know, we I think people in the Midwest always get very upset when you turn on Sunday Night Baseball and it's, oh, it's the Red Sox and Yankees again. But guess what? The Red Sox and Yankees are usually good and they have the, <laughs> the best rivalry in baseball. Yeah. So, you know, if you're talking about an entertainment product, that's not a bad place to start. You know, you got to... But again, you're right. It's about creating uh, teams league-wide that can be featured in that way. And to be honest, I think they do a fine job of putting the best teams on TV. It's just, is some guy who never watches baseball or some gal who never watches baseball going to turn on, you know, Padres and, uh, right. you know, Mets in the middle of the season or something no. like that? You're not going to see Rockies on Sunday Night Baseball. And, and no, no offense to Rocktober out there. But, like, that was a big moment when the Sox played uh, Cleveland here on Sunday Night Baseball. The, hot, the, the the Sox were hosting. It was Bieber versus Giolito, right? Yep. Like, that was a big power game. Uh, what was that? Power went out at the rate during the that game. Power went out. They had, uh, <laughs> the I think James it was. James McCann home run? James McCann home run. I think Dallas Keuchel was doing an interview where they had, like, a leaky ceiling up in the background. Like, it was, it was a mess of a game. But that was, like, that was so much fun watching that game with White Sox Twitter being involved. And it's just, it seems like even when we have, you know, a game that's, you know, in middle of the week and Wednesday against, you know, KC or whatever, like obviously that's a completely different feel, but it just feels like, you know, that's one out of two years with the Sox, you know, Sunday night baseball. Like it just feels like those special moments are so far and in between for certain baseball fans. Final topic real quick. uh, And I know we got to wrap, but uh, this is from Zach. Every American would recognize Aaron Rodgers. They wouldn't recognize Mike Trout at a Walmart. Is it does the MLB have a marketing problem or is it just, they're, they're in such a tough spot right now where they just need to maybe streamline their game. I mean, I think all of those things can be true, right? I mean, yeah, they probably don't do that great of a job, but also, no offense to Mike Trout, he's not, you know, he's not a he's guy not, who you want to put in a bunch of commercials. You he's know not I mean? going on Pat McAfee. He's not going to He's not gonna act in, in a commercial the way Aaron Rodgers or even Patrick Mahomes, who's, not, in my opinion, not a very good actor, no, is going really to sign yeah. up to do, you know what I mean? And, uh, again, it goes back to the fact... But here's the thing. You don't necessarily need to compete with the king of sports in the NFL, in in my opinion. You can be fine just being baseball. You just got to make baseball better. And, Zach, I guarantee if you ask Aaron Rodgers, he would love the anonymity that Mike Trout has. Mike (laughs) Trout has the money. And walking down the street, unless he's in South Philly or Jersey, no one's going to know who Mike Trout is. He's 6'2". He's built, but he's not like a freak or anything like that, you guarantee Aaron Rodgers would be like, yeah, if I could walk around in California with no one noticing Rogers me, Rodgers loves awesome. it. Awesome. Perfect. Rodgers loves and it. And the money, the, my check's clear too? Nice. His check's clearing. He know. I mean, everybody knows him. <laughs> he could just drop a tweet. Yeah, that and sucks. It would become, probably for him. No, I, he loves it. I, I, I don't know what. I, we you know how Aaron Rodgers could Aaron get Rogers. some anonymity. Hmm. He could wear a mask. Mm. Look at Zinni. Just at the end, just ugh. This is the CHGO White Sox podcast presented to you by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to live your bet life. Again, don't forget to check out Vinny with the puns. Uh, He has an article up on allchgo.com talking about Lucas Giolito and the White Sox. Did he get canceled? Who, Vinny? No, Aaron Rodgers. That's not a real thing. I think he probably thinks he did. Can I get canceled, please? Can we cancel Herb? Somebody cancel me. There was my favorite thing. I need only 10% of 200 million. (laughs) My favorite thing that I saw uh, from the launch of CHGO were all the people being like, can Herb unblock me now? Um, So, I mean, you're just blocking all the people that can cancel you, I think. I mean, if if you're blocked, you probably had a good oh, reason you did to something be blocked. Wrong. Oh, I'm not. Like, I'm I don't not block people a unless they're just the that are unless blocked. they say some mfs or some words towards me. You know, I can have a conversation and an argument on Twitter. You're, you're a radio if you've been following me. Come on now. Yeah. If you say some uh, harsh words, I'm I'm a grown man. I don't need people calling me out my name. Don't forget to check out Vinny's article. 
Lucas Giolito, the White Sox, how the MLB uh, lockout affects getting an extension done. You could check him out on Twitter too, at Vinny Duber. You could check out my man <laughs> who wants to be canceled, uh, at Ecknerwall23. That's Herb Lawrence. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter, at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow CHGO White Sox, at CHGO underscore White Sox, and CHGO at CHGO underscore sports. Again, this is the CHGO White Sox podcast presented to you by PointsBet. Live your bet life with promo code CHGO. We're ending it strong with a cough. Thank you for listening. Show's done. <laughs>